0: Welcome to Friend or Foe. This is Devlin Wilder, as always, and I am very excited right now to welcome one of my oldest friends, actually, who I didn't catch up with for nearly 16 years until yesterday, and she's now here in my studio, and I'm very, very just overjoyed Uh uh, to welcome Paulina Ortiz Mena. she goes by Polly. But yes, how are you? How are Hello, you
1: doing? Hello, Devlin. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to be here. Thank you for the invite.
0: Of course, of course. And uh, we've we've gone on quite an adventure.
1: Yes, we did. <laughs> uh,
0: Polly and I traveled in a group called Up with People. They are an international multicultural organization that travels across the world. Uh, currently, they Across two continents, I believe, in the in their current casts, yes, performing a show, staying with host families, and also
1: volunteering,
0: uh, volunteering wherever they go. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a truly amazing organization. They've been around since 1965. Their genesis was a moral rearmament group, but they've come a long way since then. <laughs> since <laughs> since sing out, we all took our own journey during our years, and um, our yes. our year was so special in so many ways. It was actually one of the last full casts before Up With People completely changed their program. Oh, yeah. Which was also very amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, they shortened it to um, only six six months instead of a year. Right. Yeah, well, it was um, definitely an experience that changed my life. It was so... Important for me to to live it and to experience um, the traveling and and getting to know all those um, different families. You know, that that was one of my favorite parts. Mine too. (laughs) Actually, to to experience all those different breakfasts and
0: (laughs) oh my goodness, the different beds and wow, (laughs) I uh, that's that's one of my. Most vivid memories of my entire life is my first European breakfast with my Swedish host family. And listen... Guys, I'm I'm a cereal eater. I'm I'm all I always have been. Like I, it's just my routine, you know. Ever since I was little, I would I would get up, I would make a bowl of cereal and watch cartoons. This very very kind and sweet Swedish family, they they had these two kids and and uh, and they were having cereal, and I was like, oh great, this this is very this seems very American esque. I'm gonna have you know some cereal um, uh, with the kids, and then they went to the cabinet to get the milk, and I was like. Hmm, that's very interesting. And, you know, she popped the little tab and she's she's uh not so much pouring it on the milk as is it just like plopping <laughs> onto the cereal plop, plop, plop. And um so it's it's more like yogurt, more or less, than it is than it is milk. And that's just Seems to be their thing, and uh, so I, I or kinda, that was in
1: that family, th- it was yeah, in like, that I, family, every, yes. Every family is a different culture, that's what, <laughs>
0: absolutely, yeah. So, uh, what is uh, what, what is your most uh, vivid or favorite host family story?
1: Wow, well, oh god, it's hard to pinpoint only one, but um, I, I. Like all those synchronies that happened to me uh, on the road, like for example, I my name is actually Diana Paulina, <laughs> and I I actually stayed with somebody that had my had the same name, Diane Pauline. Um, I I was very scared of um, not ever getting married. For example, <laughs> mm-hmm. right now I'm not married, and I don't maybe I don't know maybe I will someday, but I was scared of maybe not having kids or. Being alone, you know, I was also I didn't know uh, what I wanted to study, so in that uh, in that experience, I got to live with uh, with actually host moms or whatever that they didn't uh, ever get married, and they were so happy, and it was it was nice experiencing um, that bro model for me, you know, it was it was um, it was very um, educating, I guess, or
0: oh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Uh, And that's uh, that was what was so great about, um, you know, it it, it not only put us a a, a wash in all these wonderful cultures, it's such a different thing to go from learning about it. Like uh, in a textbook, you know, mm-hmm. in a classroom, and then, and then being right there in it,
1: right. you know, right, right,
0: and um, experiencing these people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we were thrown right in it, and sometimes doing volunteer work with the families. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I. I I come from a from a from a family. Well, from a culture, not not my family in particular, although a little maybe, but um, we have very uh, set roles. You know, woman cooks, uh, stay at home mom, or maybe work a little, but basically take care of the kids. Um, dad goes out and works, and you know sustains a family. So I I got to experience uh, families that that had different roles. You know, like. Um, Like this uh, chef that cooked all the meals in the house and... He wasn't a a (laughs) stay-at-home dad, but but he, you know, they split up all the work, like like most culture. I mean, not most, but a lot of cultures do nowadays, and even in Mexico now, that's that's changing. But experiencing that, you know, being with somebody um, that actually does it, like you say, you know, instead of just um, learning it. Oh yeah, that exists somewhere, you know, or you can read it in a magazine or whatever. But actually being there and and sharing the feelings and sharing the beliefs that they have and actually. So, you know um, yeah you get to see uh, different different lifestyles
0: you really absorb it while you're yeah. while you're there and um, yeah. oh man. Um, I was uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking with you yesterday about um, a host family that I stayed with that lived on a farm and they were an older couple, and um, you know they would wake up very early to feed the chickens and the cows and things, so they would be waking us up at 5:30 or 6 a.m. You know, of course, after we had just uh, did our big our big show the night before and didn't get done taking down the set until. Whatever it was, one a.m. or whatever, and then <laughs> they were they were ready to go, uh, and I was like, oh, uh, you know, zombie man, <laughs> I was just ready to fall over. Those are uh, those are the experiences that that just made it so great. And seeing so many beautiful countries, we traveled through. Um, uh, well, our first semester was was here in the U.S., um, Midwest and Northeast United States, and then we traveled through Sweden, Germany, Austria. Belgium, Spain, Netherlands, and Portugal, and I, um, we had all these little, little mini groups that would that would shoot off to other places, and um, I actually stopped in the Czech Republic very briefly, so mm-hmm. that was uh, that was quite incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was
0: only an afternoon, a very brief afternoon that uh, that we got to stop there, but. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Did that, you, was, that was. Did you I, did you um, did you go off on a study group?
1: No, I didn't. But I I on spring break, actually um, took a trip by myself. The first trip by myself ever.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I was nineteen. How old were you when you? Traveled? I was nineteen also. You were yeah. nineteen also. <laughs> yeah. So seems
0: like a lifetime ago because it kind of was.
1: <laughs> it kind of was. Um, yeah. So I I. I had been working on an advanced team that was you know setting up for for the uh, for the show and setting up for the city um, of the group. I was in Austria for for a, a month and I was a little bit tired of in German um, because you know my you know the brain works a lot oh yes <laughs> when you're um, well yeah I was there actually for for two months because we were in Austria and then we were in Germany or some or yeah we did a little back and forth for Uh a little while yeah so it's actually two two months of German and there was this um awesome deal and I went to to Greece and Mm. of course there was a deal because they had a lot of tourists from Germany so everybody spoke German of course (laughs) yeah yeah and for the first time I remember oh I can decide by myself what do I want to have for breakfast what I want I can decide everything what do I want to do right (laughs) Yeah, it was an amazing experience, um, the the year that we traveled. Uh, But I realized in Greece, I was, um, I was, it was, I don't know how to explain it. I was overwhelmed, Um, too many people around all the time. So Mm. those eight days by myself were like, oh, 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 this is what it feels to be alone again. (laughs) Oh, this is what my energy is like. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so it was, yeah.
0: It was, a, it was pretty, um, pretty incredible, though, right? What What did you see that you that you really enjoyed while you were out on your own?
1: Um, I got to see the castle where Sisi lived, hmm. um, the princess that she actually killed herself at some point in her life. At the end. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah, that she had a, a hard time. Uh, but the castle was beautiful, and I actually went to Corfu. Um, yeah, and just like nature in Greece is amazing. I I really loved it. Thanks. I and I, I think if uh, for if uh, for your listeners, if you've never been on uh, on a trip by yourself, I really Absolutely. recommend it. Absolutely.
0: Do it right now. Yes. Save your money and and be with and yourself. take the journey.
1: Yeah, take the journey. Definitely do it. Yeah. And it can be scary for some people. It was for me, it was very scary to be alone for the first time and um, I guess I've always been scared of being alone, and now, now there I was alone. And yeah, I, I highly recommend it, even if you if you're scared.
0: <laughs> For sure, and sometimes that makes the greatest journey. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a a song called uh, the Sunscreen Song that actually was popular while we were traveling, and there's a great <laughs> line in it that's uh, do something every day that scares you. I totally subscribe to that because it pushes you past your safe zone and Mm -hmm. uh, helps you to broaden your horizons.
1: Yes, yes. Step out of the comfort zone. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) of the Uh, one of the lines that we heard every day. (laughs)
0: That's right.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Step out of the box. (laughs)
0: Man, I don't even know. There are so many places to go um, in conversation about how much we did that year, and we we touched on a lot of it yesterday when we when we met up, and I probably should have saved it for the show, I suppose. But um, <laughs> it's so wonderful to see you after so long—truly a lifetime ago—and you know, uh, we also had the six-week staging, of course, in Denver, and boy, talk about really getting to know people very, very quickly. And really throwing you into the lion's den, so to speak. So, for six weeks, Up with People sends you, I think they still do it the same way. They, um, you, uh, everyone meets up in Denver and you um, practice the songs and learn about um, everything that you're going to be, all the places that you're going to be traveling to, and all the wonderful people that you meet, and all of the, uh, you, get to greet all of the international students that you will be traveling with and uh it's it's quite a thing and polly is uh are you snapchatting or instagramming
1: i'm gonna share this with our cast later on oh good <laughs> oh wow
0: okay hey casting how's it going moving totally to uh another side of the sphere um there's we we could go on and on for a for days talking about our year and all the experiences that we had, and um were you? Oh,
1: uh, I'm gonna get right <laughs> to
0: it. We're. Uh, I think I asked you yesterday, but I. I think we sort of bounced around it. Were you in a cast couple during our year?
1: I was actually. I was with Willem Dan. Remember? Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> from the Netherlands.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: That was a short cast couple as <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> yep, I was but, in one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I found out yesterday.
0: (laughs) There was a lot of uh, breaking of rule number nine in our in our cast. Oh yeah, we Uh, had
1: rule number nine. Yes, rule number nine and
0: no sex. That's right. (laughs) And it was strictly enforced, kids. Um, They were. They did not joke around about it at all. And uh, no, (laughs) we had a very frisky cast. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. People were getting in trouble all the time.
1: All the time. Um, there was a cast couple that got expelled. That's They're right. married now. They, they have sure are. Plenty of kids. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, yeah. And then there were, of course, the ones that never got caught, ca- caught or whatever. <laughs> Still married.
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that's actually a great transition um, to talk about the other thing that we were discussing yesterday, which is the reason you're here. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, yeah, sure. I'm actually here, cause I'm um, I'm a coach, and right now I'm doing a specialty in, in sex, erotic blueprint coach.
0: Please yes. explain.
1: Yes. Well, um, we have five different um, erotic languages that we we all speak. Um, most of us have, have one or two. There are some of us who have five, but most of us have one or two. And those um, languages is the way we, we actually uh, can enjoy our sexuality. We tend to think that, um, that uh, we are all very um, sexual. Um, and what I mean is these five languages, um, one of them it's called sexual, the other one energetic, the other one sensual, kinky, and shapeshifter. And so, um, I'm going to briefly describe each of them. Please. (laughs) So, the first one, sexual. That's the one we all tend to think sexuality is like. uh, Because that's the way uh, we've been believed to to think. We've made, uh, made believe or whatever we... Uh, That's how um, the industry works, the cinema, uh, the publicity. uh, You know, they all sell sexuality like that. And this is uh, very oriented to orgasm. Um, And the people who are sexual, they get very turned on just by uh, direct, um, either direct touch or direct um, language. So I want to have sex right now. You know, if you're sexual, that turns you on. Um If you're energetic, for example, that's a different one where um, you don't necessarily search for orgasm. You know, you can have you can make love just by a, a gaze, um, just by looking into someone's eyes and just breathing. Uh, most energetics are empathics. So people that can feel what other what, what the other person's feeling.
0: And as we touched upon yesterday, we are both empathic. So, right. uh, yes. we, we very much um, feel the energy of other people around us and are um, tend to know when people are not telling the truth and if there is negative energy in the room, we almost instantaneously pick it up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, you don't know why you're feeling sadder or, or like I was telling you yesterday I didn't know why I was crying and you, you've, you know I found out later that the reason why, and and most most of the time, empaths um, they realize that you're that they're empaths because they they don't understand why they're feeling that way. Usually, when you have the question, "Why am I feeling th- th- this way?" it's because it's not yours. Most of the time, it's because mm-hmm. it's someone else's. So yes, energetics def- definitely are empaths. Most of them, not not uh, not all of them. Um, they long uh, when when there's distance. Energetic people need distance. Um, as for example, the sensual the one, they need more touch and more. Uh, it's it's more like hugging and cuddling and massage. Um, there can can be an energetic massage, but it'll. Uh, but it can be energetics. Um, need more more space in their touch. As for um, sensuals, need more um, affirm. More of a firm touch. Sensuals enjoy um, the ambience, the look, um, the smell, the touch, So, and the, the music, for example. And they can be thrown off by the wrong smell or the wrong music. Um, and then there's the kinky, which... Uh huh we were talking on. about this yesterday we sure the were. kinky uh, likes uh, exploring limits and likes the forbidden and the taboo and there's two sides of the kinky there's the psychological one which only likes to talk about it or or uh, yeah explore it um, in fantasy or in imagination or in, in a in a talk with with their lover or by by themselves i guess um, and there's a physical one who actually likes to be tied down, or who actually likes to be to experience, you know, role playing. Or there's a there's a different variety, and there's a huge shades. There are huge, There are many shades of of. <laughs> of sure, uh, it's a, a it's an entire spectrum. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And then there's the shapeshifter who speaks all the languages, and the shapeshifter can be thrown off also by the shadow of each um, each language, because of course, each uh, erotic blueprint has a shadow as well, you know? And so the shapeshifter is uh, one of the most rich, rich uh, uh, languages, but it's also, it can be hard to be a shapeshifter, because sometimes you need all of them, and sometimes... Um, yeah, if you get connected to the shadow of all of them it's, it gets harder. It
0: gets very complicated very quickly. Yeah. Wow. Um you uh man, that is so very interesting. We didn't touch upon that yesterday. I'm so glad you you brought that up. I was actually speaking with my previous guest um who is very sex positive and um I was telling her about my particular fetish which is which <laughs> has to do with transformation mm-hmm. and not as in a furry, furry Has uh, erotic attachment to, you know, uh, people in suits, usually animal suits, creature suits. Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. my particular fetish has to do with the transformation of someone into an animal, um, which, Mm. uh, you know, so uh, werewolf, of course, is a is the go to example. And it's not about definitely not bestiality. I'm not attracted to the wolf. I would not want to do anything (laughs) with a wolf or a pig or anything of that nature um, that actually grosses me out quite a bit but it's the (laughs) i know (laughs) this is a safe space um the the transformation of a person into an animal and i um i touched on the fact that i psychologically addressing myself it's probably that i have longed to become something someone else for so long and I think it it very much addresses that. I think I think mm-hmm. you know my psychological precipice is is um, it's I'm I'm always trying to get outside of my body, mm-hmm. um, which is why I have come so far mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually, definitely sexually in the last um, five or six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you are um, you're actually taking a workshop right um tell me a little bit about the the instructor that you and the story of tracing the the instructor to this amazing class that you're going to be taking while you're here
1: um of how i met her you mean Mm -hmm. yeah well i was i was actually searching for um tantric massages which in mexico they're illegal (laughs) Ah. in most countries they are i don't know Uh, it depends here it depends on the state. And I just met a friend who who was taking a course about about tantric massage. And so I was searching and, you know, law of attraction and YouTube. (laughs) Once you search for something, it gets, you know. Of course. So I stumbled upon her and she was just, you know, she was just so open and she... She was so open and very clear about um, sexuality. So I really liked the side that it wasn't, it wasn't something dirty or it wasn't porn or it wasn't it. You know, it wasn't like that. It was it was, refreshing and shameless and very clear um, language about sex. You know, that it, she was actually. I think she was she was talking about female ejaculation. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, wow. She can. You know, she was very explicit. How female ejaculation worked and how you could achieve it, Um, but it wasn't dirty or anything. So it was. I I just this was eight years ago, and I started following her uh, on social media, and then I heard. I read um, her story about her poly family and how she um, she was um, she actually was in a part in in a in a couple. Um, you know, going study with somebody that was uh, polyamorous. And she was polyamorous herself as well. And she wanted to have a kid and he didn't. And so he said, well, why don't you go have a kid with someone else? And so I was intrigued by this story. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, what? And I guess uh, so she did. She she went, um, she didn't bro- bro- break up with him. She, he was you know she was still going out with him and then he got pregnant to um with this other guy and so the story that i read was you know how they all lived together in the same family uh in the same house um he the 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 first um the first guy that his first um couple (laughs) uh was a stay-at-home dad and and the other guy went out and worked and so she she could um, dedicate her time to be a sexual educator and you know the the kid was there and they each have um their own room you know of course the kid has his own room and then the two guys each of them have uh, had um, their own room, and she had her own room, and she got to choose when, when you know when she wanted to to sleep with who and whatever, and they got to schedule date nights and stuff. So I was I was um, intrigued about the diversity, and so I followed her ever since. And this January, she opened up a, sec, uh, a coaching program a certification, so I started taking it and. I've been taking it ever since, and we're about to finish, so I'm here, um, I'm here for one of the last uh, classes before we, we actually finish. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. You've already learned so much, and uh, yeah. it's wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so then are you going to start doing your, you're already coaching. Yeah. Are you going?
1: Yeah, I've been, a, I've been a coach for, for more than eight years now. Um, usually I did, um, uh, life coaching and executive coaching. Uh, but I've been, I, I teach Kundalini as, which works with sexual energy as well. And I've studied Taoism. I'm in the process of, um, being a, an instructor as well. And so I'm very familiar with, with, um, With sexuality already, Mm -hmm. and and um, so yeah, I'll be working with couples and as well with individuals, men or and female, to help them get a juicy and (laughs) hot sexual life
0: (laughs) and uh, and fantastic orgasms. I've uh, I've done some studying um, and and practicing of um, orgasmic meditation myself, and it's uh, brought a world of wonders to, well, I'll leave it at that. It's a world <laughs> of wonders. It, it really is. Um, it's, it's you know, if you are a practitioner of, of yoga or any of the meditational arts, um, it's it's definitely uh, one of the best ways to bring that mental freedom into the bedroom and have some really great fun with your partner, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> There's something something I always like to to remind people: um, the best sex starts with uh, self practice. That's right. <laughs> self love. You know it. <laughs> Individual practice. As we right say we after now. the show.
0: <laughs> Too much information.
1: <laughs> yeah, it starts with 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 our own sexuality.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to find yourself before you can find yourself in another person.
1: Yes. Yes you have to be able to see yourself before you can see someone else.
0: That's right. Uh, wow, uh, it has been truly incredible having you here on the show. Thank you so much for joining me Thank and um, for for sharing all of your amazing stories. And I know it's very rare that you are that you happen to be in the states, but um, when you are, please, please uh, join me again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we didn't even get to talk about your owl visitor. Uh, not owl. I'm sorry, hawk. hawk. You had a Harris hawk who has <laughs> in my office. In her <laughs> office. Then then didn't just visit her one time, but two different times in the same week. Guys, you got to go to her Facebook and check out these videos. She she live streamed the um, this mm-hmm. hawk visiting her, and it just it's just chilling hanging out yeah, talking they're to also her on
1: twitter follow me on twitter yes
0: yes please <laughs> tell our her. listeners where they can find you all across the uh, uh, well, across social platforms
1: on, yeah you can find me on twitter um with polly that's only one l o m polly o m that's my twitter and yeah that's basically that's okay basically one. great
0: <laughs> excellent great well uh, thank
1: you for the invitation
0: of course always door is always open. And uh, Zig, thank you so much for engineering the show. As always, uh, you can find me, Devlin Wilder, across all platforms at Devlin Wilder. And this show, Friend or Foe Pod, that's F-A-U-X. Please uh, subscribe and listen on uh, iTunes, now Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, and very soon to be iHeartRadio and Amazon Video. Thank you so much for joining us. See you on the next one. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
2: Doubt, thou tell, 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 thou, thou tell, thou, 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 thou,